0: This is the story, the headline of the day, no doubt, for me anyway, because you got to ask, you know, the scales of justice. We know that they're tipped to protect the rights of the accused, but what balance, if any, these days is given to the families? Tori Stafford did not stand a chance when, you know, when she was approached, that moment she was approached by a monster named Terry Lynn McClintock. And it was this monster who would serve her up to be tortured and murdered by her boyfriend, Michael Rafferty. And I can say without question that this woman and that man, but certainly this woman personifies evil. She pleaded out to first-degree murder for her role in 2010. The details of what happened are far, far too graphic to put out in detail. One of the big takeaways I had from this case was the fact of the number of times Terry Lynn McClintock could have helped this child and she did nothing three times at least she could have done something she did nothing she got life but as we continue to learn more and more when it comes to very harsh crime in this country life doesn't actually mean life in Canada and for this woman Life doesn't even mean a few years, apparently, in a maximum security because we learned this morning she has been moved to a minimum security facility, an aboriginal healing center where she gets her own room, her own bathroom, kitchen where she can cook, she can hang out in the living room, watch TV. There are inmates there who have kids with them. What kind of punishment is that? And if you're that family... How the hell does that make you feel? Is there even such a thing as fairness in our justice system? Let's ask. Rodney Stafford joins me now. He is Tory Stafford's father and uh, left to deal with a fallout. Thanks for coming on, Rodney. No problem. Is there such a thing in the justice system as any thought to to those who are destroyed by these kinds of crime?
1: i I'm, I'm I'm kind of questioning that now it's it it's just unbelievable um <clears throat> it's it its yeah it's just completely unright and unfair.
0: What was your thought when you first heard that miss mcclintock uh was moving to this facility
1: well when i like I originally found out she had already been placed somewhere else for approximately seven months i I, I hadn't known; otherwise, I would have made us think about this last year. But because of um, <clears throat> some moving on my on my part, I lost contact,
0: <clears throat>
1: and I didn't receive notification she had been moved.
0: Who did you hear from?
1: I ended up hearing from my mom on uh, another matter that was withdrawn by Terry Lynn herself. But when I had originally heard that that one. Was what I found out about the Healing Lodge.
0: What, so, what is the emotion then? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Sadness? Take me through the series of, uh, I guess, steps you go through.
1: Uh, it, it's really hard to explain. Um, just, I don't know. Like when I when I think I'm coming to settle with everything that's happened, it something like this comes up where you find out this woman living in this healing lodge who murdered an eight-year-old child is living better than probably three-quarters of the people living on the streets and it i just don't see where the justice is
0: when you heard her sentencing and you knew she was going away for at least 25 years before she can um, apply for parole did you ever think that you would be dealing with matters of you know, facility placement and that she might go to a minimum security? Or did you just, you know, as anyone would think in this country, that if you f- kill a child and it's that horrific of a crime, that you actually might stay in maximum?
1: You should have to stay in maximum. If if after 25 years or 20 years, whatever, the parole, bro- parole board looks at your file and you've made the attempt at rehabilitation, then you know what? Maybe take the attempt of going to that healing lodge. But... In this case there's not even an option. She shouldn't even have been transferred. She was where she belonged. She was. She belongs. Sorry.
0: Yeah. And and so you find out about this 7 months after the <laughs> fact you're the last to know. Um And so you have no say. But this is, I think, what a lot of people forget about those who are left behind by violent crime is that it doesn't end for you. The verdict comes and it just starts a new phase of your life where you're forever then kind of burdened with making sure those who committed an injustice are somehow held to account. And that is what your life is.
1: Basically, yes.
0: And so how does that then, I mean, I have to think that that has made uh, grieving and um, finding closure or peace in this Probably next to impossible for you.
1: Well, it's hard because knowing how it's affected many people, and now finding out that one of the people that murdered a child mm-hmm. is, is living better off than yeah than most of us. <laughs> on like <clears throat> anybody dealing with it is having a hard time. Where she's getting passes to have a better life.
0: And how? I mean. I... I went there from an outsider's view to cover this story, but this was your life. This was all of your lives. What has it been like for you in the last few years? Have you been able to find peace? Have you been able to find some kind of comfort or a way to cope with this?
1: No, because something like this comes up and then it's hard to focus on day-to-day life. And then by the time you do, you've kind of fallen behind and, Mm -hmm. and then like, It seems like an ongoing cycle, and it's affected everybody, like anybody involved with Tori.
0: And I would have to think that for her mom and for grandparents, it just, it shatters a family.
1: I, I would like to believe it does.
0: The safety minister, public safety minister, Mr. Goodale, was asked about this particular case today and his answer was this, quote, the prison management officials have determined this is the best way to rectify her bad practices in the past, but also keep the public safe. And they are professionally trained to make that judgment, period. What do you say to that?
1: Uh, I'm not quite sure how to respond to that, Um
0: do you do you believe that? I mean, this is a facility where other inmates also have children. I mean, it's, it sounds like I mean, yeah, it's in incarceration, but it sounds like not such a bad place. But she is around other people with their children.
1: Exactly. And she it's like, yeah, like there's not nothing stopping her from being upset one day and doing something within that facility because she was angry. Like. Some of these people have been in there for a while. They've made the attempt that's in changing their life. That's why they're giving these given these opportunities. But like I said before, this opportunity should never have never come around for somebody who's taken a child's life. No. They, and- took, they took away any ability and anything for Tory to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Why should there even be an option?
0: Corrections Canada uh, cites privacy issues, you know, and they generally do that, so you can't get information out of them. But have they told you anything as to why she would have been given this kind of opportunity? Did they mention, you know, did they give you any justification?
1: Um, not really. Um, basically, just that the transfer had been completed and I there may have been more info involved. But because of mailing and phone number changes, it's it was hard for them to stay in touch with me.
0: Has she ever tried to reach out to you? Has she ever tried to speak to you, apologize, anything?
1: Not that I'm aware of, no.
0: You've now made your life. I mean, you've picked up the pieces of your life. You've made really your life about fighting for your daughter and her memory. Um, And I know that you have planned on November 2nd to go to uh, Parliament Hill. What is your goal?
1: Uh, My goal is just to help make it a safer place in Canada. Like... Try to try to get it out there that people who commit these crimes, like heinous crimes against vulnerable people, like children, elderly, handicapped, disabled, mm-hmm. there's there's no need for them to be a part. They need the rehabilitation, and where Terry Lynn was in the maximum security, that's where she should have been, and should remain.
0: And so, what's your goal? What would you what what, what are you hoping for on, on the second that people just join you? I mean, I know that this has sparked a to
1: join us and try to change some laws regarding um, murderers of this capacity.
0: Right. And have you had any any reaction? I mean, are you hearing uh, anything that gives you the hope that maybe this, this news or some kind of uh, something good can come of it?
1: Um, I have connected with both uh, Doug Ford today, as well as Ernie Hardiman, uh, both um, <clears throat> parties of... Mm. legislation, and they're willing to give all support possible to make sure something's done.
0: Yeah, they, they they did bring it up in question period and said that they will be writing the feds. It really is a federal jurisdiction. And so the guy you've got to appeal to is Justin Trudeau, you know, a proclaimed feminist. Uh, but he is the only one really that kind of can put a, a stop to this or at least change, bring the change that you're asking for.
1: Well, then we got to approach whoever we have to approach. But he too should see that this is incorrect, and it's it's affecting a lot of people.
0: What would you want people to know? Um, you know, who really aren't in, on the inside looking out. What would you want them to know?
1: On the inside looking out. Yeah, I
0: mean you're living this, is, this.
1: Yeah, this this is a lot harder than it seems,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's it's a bigger struggle than people make it out to be. Yeah when you're trying to do something positive, and there are still some people out there that try to turn it into a negative thing, but, like, you just have to stop listening to the naysayers and know that everybody's going to stand behind you on something this, this extreme.
0: Yeah, and yet this is what your life is about now, is fighting it is, for Tory constantly. stuff. Yeah.
1: Constantly. And there's no need for it. There's two people that are in prison for 25 years. They should be there. I shouldn't hear anything for at least 24 You would think. Go do your time.
0: Yeah. Rodney, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. We'll follow this journey and see where it takes us and uh, see where the fallout uh, maybe brings us. Appreciate it.
1: No problem. Thank you for sharing.
0: Thank you. That is Rodney Stafford. He is the father to Tori Stafford. And I think, interestingly, you know, he's living this. Every time he thinks he gets on his feet again, or whether Tori's mom or, or maybe her brother or anybody in that family tries to move on with her life. Every time they just think they're hitting their stride, all of a sudden a news headline comes out. I mean, think about that. It happens to the French family, happens to the Mojave family, it'll happen to the Bosma family, it will happen to the Babcock family. They'll constantly be dragged back in because once that verdict comes down, this kind of crap confronts them. On point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.